Welcome to the Ask Your Pastor podcast, where we explore biblical answers for today's congregation. Well, welcome to today's podcast. Uh, it's been a little while since we've had our last uh, podcast published, and uh, and I know that a lot has been going on. Uh, Pastor Shane, I believe that you actually are pretty close to finished or almost finished the uh, that, t- I guess, tiny house that you've been working on. Yeah, Is that right? That's right. That's right. We just just wrapped it up. That's awesome. I bet you're kind of getting a lot of relief now that you don't have to be <laughs> continuously working on that thing. Yeah, definitely. That's kind of dominated a lot of time at night, especially. So, yeah. Well, good deal. Good deal. And uh, and Matt, I think uh, since you're a, a, a CrossFit coach, a lot of time has been devoted to your work as well, um, I guess, um, because of the Open. Yeah, CrossFit Open. Uh, it takes up too much time. I'm glad it's over. <laughs> <laughs> well, I mean that they help pay for, I guess, the gas money, right? right? <laughs> okay, I got you. Well, uh, I will give it to you, Matt. Uh, you have the question for tonight. All right. So, um, <clears throat> uh, when we open it up to uh, for people to ask questions, um, we ask them if they can use, if we can use their name and if they're a part of a local church and. This person is actually a part of the local church that um, we all three attend, uh, Temple Baptist Church in Moultrie. And um, this is their question specifically to our church. So the question is, I've noticed that both Sunday services and the Wednesday night study all use the NASB. Would you recommend the NASB over other translations? Okay. That's a good question. And uh, it's actually been something that's that's kind of been stirring around a pretty good bit lately. Have you guys heard anything other than question that's been submitted? Have y'all heard anybody talking about it lately? Yeah, I mean, uh, there's been discussion. Um, I mean, good discussion, not bad discussion. Good, you know, discussion over Bible translations and, you know, which ones should we read and – or maybe not. Okay. Um, yeah. Okay. Yeah. Well, it's it's actually really encouraging. I mean, these questions are really encouraging, but it's actually really encouraging that there are people, you know, that are vested enough that they're asking these things. I mean, isn't that, isn't yeah. that a good thing? <laughs> yeah. 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 Okay. Well, how do you want, you want me to go ahead and dive into it, Brandon? Yeah, that'd be fun. So what is the uh what does it stand for? What does the NASB stand the, for? Let's okay. start there. Yeah, sure. That's a good that's a good thing. Um I might should have I might have should have asked asked that differently. <laughs> I should I should have said New American Standard Bible. I'm sorry. <laughs> no, that's fine. That's fine. <laughs> Dang Matt, you just took it away from Shane. He was about to explain <laughs> it. <laughs> yeah, nailed it. All right. It um, actually the North American Savings Bank. No, that's not it. <laughs> There you go. <laughs> it is the New American Standard Bible, um, and, and it's one we've actually started using the New American Standard across the board and uh, in our corporate, you know, preaching and teaching services. And I've been using the American Standard, the new not the American Standard. I've been using the New American Standard for um, a pretty good while. Actually, uh, started back in two thousand one, so that's well, roughly not eighteen years ago, and. Um, just kind of develop a love for it. But uh, what, what, what translation do you guys use just out of curiosity? 
I use the uh, ESV. Okay. Most I, I have an NIV study Bible. NIV, NIV study Bible. Okay. Okay. Uh-huh. All right. Yeah, I use the NASB and I use the the ESV. Um, both. <clears throat> I actually use both of them, but the NASB is my go-to uh, and has been for a pretty long time. And the, the I'll admit the reason that I started using it was because um, Dr. John MacArthur and and have you guys ever heard of K. Arthur? Sure, you have. Yeah, yeah. Well, she's a well-known Bible teacher, been around for a long, long time, and so they promoted it. And I was going into my teaching ministry at the church at that time. It doesn't seem like it was that long ago, but it was. But um, the Lord had had given me a new passion for His Word and for the church at that time. And I was teaching Sunday school, and one of the things that I was listening to like diligently was one hundred one point one. That's that um, Christian station WAF out of Valdosta. Uh And so I'm listening to these guys all day as I ran service for a company that I, uh, I worked for and then a company that I own. And so that's, that's kind of how I came to use that version of the Bible. So um, from I say 2001 to around 2016, I wore out and purchased over and over again the same Bible from the same publisher. Actually, from the Lockman Foundation, they 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 uh, they're the ones that do the NASB, and so I just kept buying the same Bible, and so I developed this familiarity with that particular Bible from that particular publisher and how it was laid out. And so you know you can once you develop that familiarity with a certain um, Bible, you can kind of turn to passages, you know, not based on page numbers, chapters, or verses, but you actually know where certain things are in the text block. You guys, does that make sense to you? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And so that's that's basically what I did. And so as I grew and researched and, you know, just learned a little bit more about the NASB, uh, it became a bigger blessing than I had originally realized it was going to. And uh, so... I kind of, I was going to kind of share with you an illustration, um, kind of get started, and then go on some other things just to kind of let you know why I use this and why the church um, in their corporate services uses this. But let's just say, let's just say somebody comes to you and and they say, um, I need you to listen really closely. You know, I've got a message of utmost importance that I have to give you. And it's from somebody really, really special, somebody very important. And so in our case, since it's you, um, uh, Matt, uh, you, Brandon, and myself, let's just say it's a message that our wives have sent us. So if somebody comes to you and say, I got a really, really important message, and it's from your wife, like we would consider that pretty important, right? Right. okay so at that point they've got your attention and then they ask you this question they say okay well would you would you like me to tell you exactly what your wife said in other words you know as closely as as close as humanly possible to what she actually and literally said or would you rather me tell you my version of what she said (laughs) maybe a little paraphrase or you know whatever which one which one would you want I would, I would definitely need to know what she said. <laughs> well, I mean, as long as the point comes across, I guess it'd be okay. 
<laughs> yeah. I'm like, you know, some <laughs> Brandon's playing devil's advocate over here. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so I I personally um I don't want somebody's version of what she said. If they said this is a really important message, I don't want a version of what they said. I like I want to know exactly what she said. Um because, you know, that could that could get me in trouble. So we and we say that a lot actually, you know, when somebody comes and, you know, they've got a message for you or whatever, you know, one of the things that, that we commonly say is, you know, well, I, don't, I want to know what they say. I want to know, tell me exactly what they said. I want to know exactly what was said. And, um, um, you know, and so I, my, I view scripture the same way. Uh, a message from God is the most important message that we could receive from anyone. And so if my standard is, uh, you know, if I want exact communication from another human, then I definitely want it as closely as possible from God, you know, his message, his message to us and the NASB has proven to do that, you know, as close um, as the human, as the English language can be anyway, if that makes sense. Um, yeah, it does make sense because you have to, think about you're translating from another language so it may not be word for word if you it may not make sense if you put it word for word in another language you do have to change a few things i guess for the sentence to make sense but yeah as close to word to word as you can get yeah exactly exactly and and one of the common one of the common mistakes that people make especially when you're talking to people that um you know maybe not be believers uh, you know or whatever They'll say, well, you know, I don't really know if you can trust the Bible. I don't really know if you can trust the scriptures. You know, they've been translated so many different times and all this kind of stuff, which is, you know, actually uh, that's that's erroneous. You know, the scriptures like the NASB, the ESV are actually translated directly from the Greek and Hebrew into our language. It's not like they were there was this process of translating you know, down through the ages. And so they've been translated 500 different times. They were, they're translated directly from the original languages. Um, so yeah, you, you're exactly right. Uh, there has to be some degree of interpretation there, obviously. But, uh, you know, as the years have progressed beyond the King James version, which is actually a beautiful translation, by the way. Um, and it's, do you guys, I, I know that, that throughout my own little bit older than y'all are, but through my childhood, that's actually what I memorized. I memorized the KJV. Right. Oh. Yep. That's it. Yeah. Yeah. So, and I love that. Uh, a lot of passages of scriptures that I remember that I've memorized are actually uh, from the King James, um, the KJV. Yeah. A lot uh, of, a lot of worship songs, a lot of, uh, you know, older hymns and um, worship songs we sing use that type of language um, yeah. that come from the King, the King James too. I've noticed. That's true. That's true. As a matter of fact, you guys sang one, I can't remember. It was just recently. Uh, I think it was, I don't remember anyway. It was be thou my vision. Uh, that was so this morning. You, yeah, this morning. Okay. Yeah, <laughs> I lose track of time when I preach. <laughs> but yeah. You see a lot of the these and the thou's and things like that uh, in, in, in those songs, which are actually beautiful. I actually like that. Some people don't like it, but I do um, very much so. But the, from, you know, from the KJV, you know, um, as time has passed, you know, more and more New Testament fragments, New Testament fragments, you know, have been found and they have 
simply been added to the manuscript evidence. So our manuscript evidence for the scriptures has actually grown, um, you know, since the 1600s. And so, and even earlier than that, actually, when it was, when it, when it first came about, but the new American standard uh, has had the opportunity because it's a later translation. Some people say, well, you know, the, the new American standards, not that old. And so I don't really trust it, but the, the, the good thing about the fact that it is a later translation is that it's had the opportunity to incorporate more fragment um, manuscript evidence. And so that's, you know, that's a great thing. It's been, it's able to utilize those things and the, go ahead. Were you going to say something? Well, I was looking at that. I think that the, the new American standard Bible actually, I guess, evolved from, the American standard version, yeah. uh, which, which was written, um, um, I mean, over a hundred years ago. That's right. Um, so, so it's not like it's, it's new. I mean, it's, it, you know, recent, uh, the American standard vi- uh, version was, uh, what around 1900, yeah. 1901. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. It was 1901. So, you know, it's over a hundred years old. It, it's, you know, um, uh, you know, the, the, the KJV you've got, you got a few hundred years on that, but it's not like a brand new translation. The most familiar, most people are familiar with the 1995 new American standard. That's the one that I use. Um, that's been, you know, upgraded, revised and whatnot, <clears throat> but they got rid of those words that you really liked, like the and thou. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> exactly. So, you know, that one of the cool things about the new American standards is, is, you know, you've got, you've got added manuscript evidence there and, and the more manuscript evidence you have, the more accurate, you know, your translation work is going to be. Now this isn't, this is not a Greek or Hebrew class because I'm not a Greek or Hebrew professor. I'm just a pastor that has researched what I use and, and also, you know, looked into what else is out there. One of the reasons is because, you know, I give people Bibles and, and I want to make sure that I give somebody something solid. And so I've made my decisions, you know, over time. And um, I, I wanted to kind of do, because this isn't, you know, a, a, this isn't a seminary class. It's not a Bible college class. This is for church members and, you know, and, and people that aren't church members to listen and, you know, um, make decisions. And so um, I was going to do maybe look, I want to explain just a little bit in a way that kind of makes sense to me. Sometimes things that make sense to me don't make sense to other people. So hopefully this is going to work, but I uh, will let you know. <laughs> yeah. Just let me know. You can, <laughs> you can edit this out if you need to, but if you, if you picture in your mind, like a fuel gauge on a car and you got the E on the far left and then you got the F on the right. And if you, and if you take that in terms of Bible translations and you picture the Greek and the Hebrew, scriptures okay the the original greek and hebrew languages the scriptures and you picture those on the far left all right so they're close to e i put them i put them kind of close to e because they're empty of interpretation and paraphrase you know that's basically interlinear so they're on your far left side and the 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 least amount of paraphrase in translation that's actually called a formal equivalence translation now, that's the side of the gauge that translations like the NASB and the ESV, they sit on that side of that fuel gauge. They sit far to the left because they're more devoid or they're more empty of paraphrase and interpretation. They're more literal. 
desktop translations. And the as you travel toward the right, you know, as you go toward the right of the gauge and the closer you get to the F, and then you would have translations like the message um, over on the farther right because they're more full of interpretation and, fair, and paraphrase, I'm sorry. And that's actually called a dynamic equivalence translation. So it's that's just kind of an easy way to picture it if you're that kind of learner, just picture it in your mind. The far left is interlinear, you know, your original languages, and the farther to the right you get, you get more um, interpretation, paraphrase type stuff. And I guess the NIV would be right around the middle. NIV is actually, yeah, the NIV is actually right around the middle. It's it's supposed to be more of a more of a balance between between word for word and and paraphrase or interpretation. Yeah, absolutely. And so the 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 NASB sits pretty far on that fuel gauge. Um, it's it's more empty of those things. And um, the message, uh, I don't use the message. I know some people do. I don't. Um, it's full of it. It's full of. <laughs> let me <laughs> let me qualify <laughs> that. It's, <laughs> it's full of interpretation and paraphrase, and I do not use that. <laughs> so. <laughs> uh, Floridian slim. So let's if you, if you start on the far left where the original languages are and head toward the right, you know that's where the the, the NASB is on the far left, and that's actually used by and and I, I there are scholars that I respect. Um, I'm slow to kind of commit to somebody that you know new pastors, younger pastors, up and coming. I'm slow to commit to them until they kind of proven themselves, but. Um, scholars like Dr. Uh, Albert Moeller Jr. He's, he's actually the president of Southern Seminary. If you ever listen to him, he is absolutely brilliant. And um, that's the flagship of the SBC um, schools, by the way. And then you've got guys like um, Matt, like you and I uh, see at the G3 conference, Dr. James White. Uh, he's he's um, a languages scholar and uh, he's of Alpha and Omega Ministries. And <clears throat> so uh, they endorse that. They use that. And, and I didn't make my decision based on them, but the fact that they use it uh, helps me um, to be comfortable with that. But <clears throat> it's like Brandon said just a few minutes ago, it's not a brand new translation. You know, it's, it's, it's a, uh, it's an offspring of the ASV that's been revised uh, for the last what, 118 years, I guess. But, um, Anyway, so some people, uh, I've, I've actually read and I've actually heard uh, some say that, that the NASB is so literal that it doesn't have much warmth in the text. And, and they call it, I've, I've, I've seen the description, it's called wooden. It's almost like a wooden translation. There's not a lot of warmth. Uh, I think you pick some of that up in the NIV, um, which, is, which is probably one of the reasons that, that people like the NIV. Brandon, you said you like the NIV, is that correct? Yeah, I do. And that's my daily um, study Bible. Um, and I do um, use, I guess, digital means like uh, uh, the Bible app and things like that to to look at other versions and cross-reference. But yeah. typically my my written, I guess, printed Bible is the NIV. Yeah, yeah. that's and, and that's that's what I hear a lot that, you know, that people will say, well, that's my daily reading Bible. You know, it's easy for me to read because it's not quite as staunch. And the text is not quite as wooden as the 
new American standard, but it's, it's apparently the, the new American standards written, uh, I think on an 11th grade reading level. And I don't have any issues with the readability of it. Um, but you know, not, not everybody appreciates that, um, as much as, as some do. And then the next one over on that gauge is actually another great version. And I think it probably does a great job of balancing things out, even though it's still to the far left on that gauge, still really close to the NASB on that fuel gauge illustration that I gave. I think it gained some of the warmth and that's the, um, that's the English standard version, the ESV. A lot of people have discovered that Bible lately and really enjoy it. Matt, you said you use that. Yeah, I do. Yeah. yeah I mean, I, uh, I used to, I used to read NIV in probably the past two years, um, you know, really diving into, you know, trying to get literal <laughs> as literal, yeah, yeah. as literal as I can when I'm studying. Um, I did move to the, to the ESV. So I got you. I got you. That's a that's a great translation. I actually enjoy that. I actually enjoy the ESV a lot. I think it brings up some of the warmth that maybe the New American Standard doesn't have. But for me, they're very very similar. Um, I actually use an ESV Study Bible. Part of my my study materials that I always use in sermon preparation is um, I use the, uh, John MacArthur's uh, the MacArthur Study Bible in NASB, and then I use the ESV Study Bible. And they seem to really fit together. And the ESV study Bible kind of um, fills in blanks that the MacArthur study Bible uh, leaves out. But I enjoy both of them a lot. I'm trying to think of where I want to go with this. I'm sorry. I'm, my mind's going a thousand different directions right now. <laughs> <laughs> you're good. You, you preached this morning. So I'm sure you're, your thoughts are scattered. Yeah, it's uh, the, yeah, it's uh, sometimes I'm like that on Sunday night. My brain just shifts into neutral. But um, you know, as at the as, as the gauge goes further right, you know, you get to more popular translations. The KJV is actually farther to the right than the NASB and the ESV on the little fuel gauge, and then you've got the New King James Version, just a little farther to the right, I guess. Than, KJV, and then you've got the Holman Christian Standard Bible, the HCSB. It's actually uh, a really good translation too. But there, they would be on my little gauge that I do. Um, they would be around the quarter tank mark, so they're still pretty far down there on the left. And then about the halfway mark is where the NIV sits, which is what Brandon was talking about a few minutes ago, and um, where you've got this this balance. And if you've got well, translations like maybe the New Living Translation and the Message um, are far right. I don't use those. And then way out there to the really extreme far right, you've got the voice. And I'm sure some – I won't even bring it up on here because I can't remember the exact translations, but I've heard that there were some pretty extreme far right translations there with a lot of interpretation um, built into a lot of paraphrase built into that. And so we're getting into pretty dangerous ground when we get that far over. Why don't I do this? Uh, why don't I give you an example of um, the far E versus the far F? So you have 
on the, I guess you would say, um, more towards uh, interlinear translation, uh, word-for-word translation like the NASB, um, Proverbs. Let's look at Proverbs 18.24. So this is what Proverbs 18.24 says uh, with NASB. Uh, The NASB version says, A man of many friends comes to ruin, but... There is a friend who sticks closer than a brother. Now, let me read it. If you let me read it, yeah, yeah you go ahead. read ESV. Uh, yes, please. <laughs> you said Proverbs. Okay, verse twenty-four. Proverbs eighteen twenty-four. Uh huh. A man of many companions may come to ruin, but there is a friend who sticks closer than a brother. So you see a little bit of changes there, where a man of many companions um, in ESV, but NESB, a man of many friends. So, uh, and comes to ruin. Now the ESV says may come to ruin. So little change there. Um, and why would, and you got any idea, Shane, why they would decide to change something that may seem a little more pivotal says may come to ruin, but the NESB says literally comes to ruin. But like, if you, if you keep moving along for NASB, ESV, uh, the NIV, which, which I read, uh, says, a man of many companions may come to ruin, but there is a friend who sticks closer than a brother. So the same as ESV. Yeah. yeah. So it's some verses, some passages are exactly the same yeah. as um, the previous, but some translations are, are a bit different. Yeah. Um, now, now you move along all the way to the other end of the spectrum, go to the message. Um, so, for example, let's go back. NASB says, a man of many friends comes to ruin, but there's a friend who sticks closer than a brother. Now, the message says, friends come and friends go, but a true friend sticks by you like family. Mm. So you see the the differences to where it's trying to completely, uh, I guess, paraphrase um, a, a phrase of, say, a man of many friends comes to ruin, but this says, friends come and friends yeah. go. And it doesn't even say anything about, you know, coming to ruin. Um, it just kind of paraphrases all that out. So the NIV is right there in the middle. It's kind of like thought for thought, whereas the message is more of a paraphrase, uh, completely removing or adding certain things. Right. And that's where you come into an issue when you've got you've got the NASB and the ESV. They virtually say the same thing, like you were talking about a minute ago. One says comes to ruin. One says may come to ruin. This is wisdom. This is wisdom literature. You know, and so there's a warning there, even in both of them, you know, there's the possibility of of having issues, you know, a man of too many friends may, may have issues or, or has issues. But then and, and the NIV actually does that, too, offers that warning. And then uh, um, the message, if I'm remembering right from what you just just said, it's, it seems like the message actually re- removes the warning altogether. It basically just says friends come and friends go, but true friends stick to you like family. So it's, it completely removes part of that verse altogether. Yeah, it does. And so you've got the possibility, you've got the possibility of losing a friend rather than other issues that the ESV, the NASB and the NIV are warning you about. So that's kind of, yeah, that's what we're talking about there. And what else? So what mm-hmm. Something like you, you look at that. So like it removes this part about being a problem, like coming to ruin and the NASB, 
Um, the message completely removes that in the first phrase. And then the second half of the message um, in Proverbs 18, 24, uh, it says, uh, and the NASB says, um, but there is a friend who sticks closer, closer than a brother, whereas the message just says, sticks by you like family, which is also a lot different than what the NASB was trying to say or what the literal translation saying that, no, it's not like family, it's closer than exactly, family. That's exactly right. So the message yeah. has, has taken the whole con. They, they've, they've changed the whole context of it. And then that's the problem that you have when you have, um, you know, heavily paraphrased translations. And so if you've got something like this, that's pretty straightforward. I mean, Proverbs 1824 is wisdom literature. It's pretty straightforward. And you've got the message changing that. Then what other things does it change? You know, you've got some serious doctrinal issues that come about when you change things that way. That's right. Yeah. So, yeah, I'm glad you brought an example. That's good. That's good. But if you, you know, just make sure uh, if you're a student of the scriptures, just make sure that you have, um, you know, a more word for word translation available, especially when you're studying. Um, <clears throat> if you use the NIV, um, that's fine. Just make sure that you've got some, you know, more literal word for word translations so that you compare it. Um, anytime I'm studying for a sermon, studying for a class or anything like that, uh, I, I usually have a couple of translations sitting there and I'm comparing both of them. You know, it's just it's a good practice. It's a good practice. And that's what we have available to us in new age and technology. We are able to easily do things like compare versions. Yeah, exactly. As a matter of fact, um, ironically, I, I, I was just talking about I couldn't compare things um, just a few minutes ago, but that's because I'm actually using my phone. But uh, I use the Blue Letter Bible app a good bit. You can use Logos or whatever, but I use the Blue Letter Bible, and it'll actually take um, you know three or four different translations of the Bible and put and line those up beside each other. So you can see exactly what each version says or what each translation says. Um, you know, at the end of the day, we, we just want to know exactly what the scriptures say. We want to know exactly what God says and what they mean by what they say. And we don't want to know. I don't want to know what some guy's interpretation is. I want to know what God says. So just take what you've heard, you know, and read, um, read the legitimate translations, I'd say, from the um, middle of the scale back to the left. And then just kind of determine, you know, make the decision for yourself and make textual comparisons and see um, what you can read. See what you can read comfortably. Um, don't go past the NIV on the thought for thought scale. That's some of the advice I would give um, and, and have a more uh, word for word translation available as you study. Um, use uh, utilize. Thing. I, I talk to people a lot that don't utilize Things like your, you know, concordances and and different things like that. But use your concordances and uh, compare what the translations say. Uh, if you're, you know, having some serious study time, which we all should be, and and just learn how to use those things. And if you, it, it, as a matter of fact, I'll plug this real quick. But <clears throat> if you want to start a serious library for Bible study, I can recommend a small, like inexpensive C library to get started with. This is something that I buy for people. I believe are truly investing uh, in the scriptures and, and some folks here library not, man, I can't afford that, but just basically get yourself three books, get yourself an ESV study Bible. Um, you can go on Amazon and the hardback is the least expensive. It's, it's huge, but it's worth its weight in gold uh, for the amount of 
information inside. It's actually a library within itself. And um, pick up a copy of um, Grudem Systematic Theology on Amazon. It's great. And then grab yourself a MacArthur Study Bible uh, in NASB. And this will give you uh, about all the commentary that you would pretty much ever need um, when you're studying the scriptures. What I can do is actually put a link in the um, information for this podcast to whatever you know you want to recommend as something they can can look at. And I'm also going to include a link to uh, that fuel gauge that you talked about, so uh, they can actually see that visually. Oh, that uh, that, uh, that varying um, from interlinear all the way to um, completely paraphrased. And so that kind of give a visual um, representation of what we're talking about here. That would be that would be great. I, That's awesome. I'm, yeah, I'm a visual. I, I'm, I can I read and learn, but I'm also a visual learner. It's kind of a balance between the two, and so that kind of stuff really helps me. That's me too. Yeah, but just kind of you know to tie it up back to the original question. You know, your elders basically have settled on a translation that they're going to be teaching and preaching from. It's a lot easier to follow. Some people can follow Brandon. You're you've got an IQ of probably 170. <laughs> What's the range of IQ? I'm not exactly. <laughs> One of the most um, intelligent guys I know. So uh, you know, I'm I'm sure you know we can read from the ASB. You could be reading from your NIV and you're translating between one and the other in your mind. But you know, if you have a problem. If you have a problem following along, one of the things that you don't want to do is put a textual issue in front of yourself. So if you know your pastors are going to be preaching and teaching from the NASB, then grab yourself an NASB um, so that, you know, you're not distracted by that. And, you know, our decision was made, you know, based on research and prayer and what we believe is best to communicate what God has revealed to his bride, the church. And so, um, um, that's pretty much it. Uh, some of us need as few distractions as possible. And so um, this kind of lessens the occurrences of distractions if you're using the same translation uh, as the, the guy that's up there teaching. But those are just some basic, that's just some really basic information as to why we use the NASB, why I use it, why Brother Terry uses it, and uh, why we appreciate it. That's a good idea to actually have, you know, some people think, well, I don't need to have multiple Bibles, but it would make it a lot less distracting if, um, I guess, if you're going to be attending a local fellowship that has decided in, on a certain uh, biblical translation uh, to go ahead. If you're going to be a member of that church, purchase a Bible in that translation that you can use during corporate services. Yeah. And then if you'd like another version you can have that to study at home to cross-reference um, to see, you know, differences or things you want to study about. But it's, it's, it would be helpful to, you know, invest your, your money into a version that uh, the church that you attend is going to be preaching from on a regular basis. Definitely. And if you find that you are, especially, but particularly if you're a member of Temple, you know, and you, and, you know, and you can't afford to pick up an NASB or something like that, you know, just call me, call me and let me know, um, you know, this is for temple members, uh, obviously, because we you know, have to take care of our, our membership. But just let me know and we'll see what we can do about that. But if you're if you're going to a church, I'll go this far since it was kind of brought up. But if you're going to a church and the pastor's preaching from the message or he's preaching from the voice or preaching from one of the very, very paraphrased 
um, uh, uh, translations of the scriptures, you probably should just find another church to go to. Don't bother buying a translation. Just find another church to go to because there's no reason for a pastor to be preaching from um, a, 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 a completely thought for thought translation like that. I think that the issue also kind of falls into where people like to, or Christians sometimes like to give a version of the Bible to a non-believer that they believe would understand it better by it being paraphrased like the message. And so you have uh, a lot of instances where, well, I think that they'll understand this version better. So I will choose to give them this version, whereas that could actually uh, be a detrimental thing. Um, if yeah. you're giving them a version that has such a totally paraphrased um, version of um, the original manuscripts, yeah. then you're doing more harm than you are good because you're laying the wrong foundation. Absolutely. That's absolutely right. And if, if, if that brings up something else that's pretty important, I'm glad you brought it up. If you are a church member, if you're a seasoned church member, if you're discipling somebody else and you plan to buy somebody else a Bible, do them a favor. Don't buy them just some gift Bible from somewhere. Actually put some thought into it. If you're going to get them uh, um, a, a very literal translation and you want to go with something that's a little less wooden than the NASB, I don't think most people have problems with it. That's just one of those things that's put out there. But if you're, uh, uh, if you're going to get them one, you can get them the ESV. It's a great translation. It's easy to understand. And then go a step farther and just go ahead and get them the study Bible. Get them the MacArthur study Bible. Get them the ESV study Bible. And that way, if they do have problems with what they're reading, they can drop down to the bottom and read the commentary. And then you don't really have a problem with, you know, what you just read. Right. <clears throat> Thoughts, Matt? Yeah, I mean, I'm, I have my ESV study Bible open right now. So, I mean, I would definitely agree with that. Um, yeah, there, there's no reason in giving some, like Shane's saying, no reason in giving somebody some, you know, interpretation of the Bible when you can get it. I think the ESV says it's essentially literal. Yeah. You can have the essentially literal translation and then have the study notes below it um, that'll help you through it, you know, even doctrinally. I mean, it's, um, yeah, that's the way to go. Yeah, absolutely. And you don't want somebody sitting in the scriptures with the message and, uh, you know, Brother Terry or myself are, are reading out of the NASB. Like Brandon said a little while ago, you're just causing more problems by doing that. Yeah. And I would go as far to say is, especially if you're discipling someone uh, that, you know, and take me the right way when I say this, is that when you hand someone a Bible, you're not giving them a free ticket into heaven, into salvation. So, right. you're, you know, don't think that because you've given them a certain translation of the Bible that you think that they can understand mm -hmm. uh, that you've given them a free pass. Um, and in the contrary, you actually got to be careful uh, about the version that you choose for, for them because that may lead them uh, in the wrong direction. Um, yeah. Uh, so, you know, that's, it's very important uh, when you make a decision of a Bible version that you're going to study and that you're going to use for yourself and your family, uh, you know, maybe, uh, that's the version or one close to it uh, in, uh, I guess, um, word for word, closer mm -hmm. into thought for thought, but definitely not into the 
paraphrasing realm yeah. of Bible. So it's very important uh, what you choose to give someone uh, that you're discipling. Absolutely. Right. And if and, and go ahead, Matt. Well, there. Well, you know, if you just look up the like the history and just how many fragments and you know from manuscripts that we have um, compared to you know other books not you know um other books from the same era written you know yeah it's phenomenal Mm -hmm. like how much history we have um, when it comes to fragments and manuscripts um there's there's really no excuse to have a a paraphrased translation yeah that's a good point um i mean it's actually you just look it up on google i mean it's it's actually it's um it's exponential yeah. Um, the manuscript and, and just, evidence is over the top. Nothing else comes close. No other right. uh, no other ancient document comes close. Right. God, God has preserved his word. He has. And, uh, and you've got to remember, too, that if you're discipling somebody, if they are your disciple per se, then they're your student. And so whatever you place in their hands, they're going to automatically assume, OK, he is he has put his stamp of approval on this translation. And so, you know, he or she has put their stamp of approval on this translation. And so they take that to heart, you know, and so you want to make sure you give them something. Not that when you're discipling somebody, you're challenging them. You're challenging them to grow in the grace and knowledge of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. And so give them something that will challenge them. The The NASB may challenge them. The ESV may challenge them. But that's what it's all about. It's all about a challenge. Okay, you don't understand it then let me show you how to use a concordance. Let me show you how to use the cross-references. Let me show you how to go on Blue Letter Bible, you know, and, and kind of look up the, and, and use the interlinear. So we give them a translation that's going to challenge them and then show them how to meet that challenge, and that way they'll grow in their faith. Right. Perfect. And th- don't think that just because the version of the Bible is older, that it's like, you know, the new right. the King James Version, what, the eight, it was 1600 and... I forget the year that it was translated. Um, yeah, it was a sixteen eleven version of six, um, so sixteen eleven. Yeah, and so that and it was it was heavily revised later, but still, you know, they only had the technology at in that time to um, to look at the manuscripts and just the manuscripts that they had available to them. They may have, you know, there's more evidence that was put into the NASB. So with additional. Um, I guess, study of the languages and new evidence from the manuscripts, um, you know, you just have to do your own research and you do have to make an effort to understand, you know, what goes into making these translations. And so older is not necessarily better. Uh, You know, sometimes it's a accumulation of effort uh, in the newer translations too, like the NASB um, that, you know, help to better decipher and better translate, uh, you know, word for word, uh, what God is trying to tell us people. Sure. Absolutely. Well, I, I, re- I read, a, um, I read a quote today and I just pulled it back up. This reminded me of it. And it's from Stephen Nichols. I don't know if you ever heard of him. And he says, uh, who is Jesus? The answer to that question is a matter of eternal life and eternal death. Mm. And, um, <laughs> so if we don't, you know, we don't know who the real Jesus is um, that the scriptures teach, mm-hmm. and I'll go as far I'll go as far as to say is if you don't have, you know, 
a more literal translation, you know, you might be missing out on some things yeah. that um that you re- you really need to hear. Yeah. So absolutely, absolutely. Uh, yeah. And here on earth, what has the power to save? Just the gospel of Jesus Christ. That's all there is. That's, that's right. That's yeah. all there was in the beginning, and that's all there is now. Absolutely. The Word of God. So we got to be careful about the, you know, it is translated in what version we use. So that's why it's that's that right. important. Yeah. That's right. That's right. Well, cool deal. Well, I'll put those links in the description of this podcast as far as the uh, the recommendations from Pastor Shane uh, and also that visual representation of the uh, the paraphrased uh, verses, the thought for thought down into right. the interlinear, the word for word, um, will describe exactly you know the versions and how they stack up against each other. Uh, and you'll have that in the link for you to to look at. Uh, and uh, anything else that uh, you guys want to add tonight? Nope, just glad to be back. Yeah, me too, man. That's good. Thank you, guys. It's giving a renewed spirit, and then we can get these going again. It's, it feels like it's been way too long, so yeah. I'm excited now that we've been able to get back together and do it to to have some future too. episodes come out. Me too, brother. Looking forward to the to what's coming. Good deal. Well, if, if there's anything else uh, that you want to tell the Ask Your Pastor crew here and uh, a question that you might want to ask, then uh, there is a link to ask a question on the website. And if you need to find out how to do that, here is how to do that. So that's it, guys. (laughs) And that's the music I'm going to (laughs) use. You know what? I think that's so funny. I'm going to leave, I'm going to leave that in there. (laughs) I think, I think that was actually the ask pastor John. (laughs) (laughs) Well, that would fit since that's ask pastor John, you got the more lame ask pastor Shane. And so I get the music that you make with your mouth. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) I mean, we have to work on the shoestring budget. So yeah, that's all we got. (laughs) <laughs> so anyways that's that's perfect i'm gonna leave that in so if you have any questions you want to ask the crew then you can figure out that into the description here the link is coming up in the information here's how to do that that concludes today's episode of ask your pastor if you enjoyed this episode or would like to ask your own question please let us know. Visit us on the web at tbcmoultrie.com and click on the media link. Or you can send us an email at askyourpastor at tbcmoultrie.com. Again, thanks for listening.